This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was which is in 1974, you know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing, you know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks Hello and welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, the only subscription service that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined today by absolutely nobody. It's just me. So if I'm your least favorite person here, you might not like this show very much. But hey, that's a risk I am willing to take. Off day for the Avalanche. Couple things that we're going to go over in this show. We're kind of just going to give an up uh, an update on the status of the organization, where where the Avs sit in the league relative to to everyone else, where they sit in the Central, and and we're also going to take a look at prospects. The Avs are off to a great start this season, and part of what is making this great start even more exciting is the fact that the next wave of talent is on its way for the Avs and and they're off to a great start as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Just a few notes from practice today. Adrian Dater, our own Adrian Dater, at a Dater, if for some reason you aren't following him yet, is on the scene in Tampa, Florida, was at practice today. 
Eric Johnson, feeling fine. He will be in the lineup tomorrow. Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, and Gabriel Landeskog will also be put back together as a line. Jared Bednar said after last night's game that in the third period, he just shook it up a little bit, kind of like AJ and I had speculated he was doing. He The game was a little stale. The top line wasn't going the way that they're normally going. So, you know, he shook it up a little bit. Paid off handsomely, obviously, as they get the win last night in Sunrise, 5-2 over the Florida Panthers. So the, the top line will be back together. I know some people were thinking, oh, maybe he's going to spread the wealth and, and you know, spread the talent, blah, blah, blah. Nope, going right back to, uh, to, to what he was doing. Going right back to what's been successful, right back to what is considered the best line in the NHL especially by Mike Madonna. Kind of the one surprise for me, I was expecting to see Philip Grubauer back in net after posting a 943 save percentage last night, making 35-plus stops, I believe. It may have been 33. I thought it was 38, one of the two. Uh, but it will be Semyon Varlamov against the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow in Tampa Bay. Again, Adrian Dater will be there on the site reporting everything. That he sees, hears, smells, all of it. So make sure you're following Adrian Dater on Twitter as well as the BSN Avalanche account. Now, let's kind of move into State of the Abs. How is this team doing? We know how you know, we we know that they're they're winning games and, and that it's fun to, to to watch right now. But relative to the rest of the league, I, I had my uh, had a good buddy of mine, Zach, who's turned into a, a regular listener of ours. Big shout out to my old friend, Zach. He asked me a few weeks ago, he said, hey, you know, it'd be great if you guys just, not every week, not every day, just kind of give a quick snapshot of, of where the Avs stand relative to the rest of the league. Not even necessarily just in standings, but how they're matching up. So that's what I'm going to do here for this first segment. We're just going to kind of take a look around and, and see what the Avs are doing, what they aren't doing, where they're excelling, where they're not. And uh, and let's let's go from there. So right now the Avs after 29 games played, 17-7 and 5, good for <clears throat> excuse me, 39 points, tied for first in the Western Conference and the Central Division. Now, here is is what's really exciting to me. The Avs actually lead the West in in goal differential. The Avs are a plus 26 in goal differential, and for those of you that don't know what it means, it means they've scored 26 more goals than they have allowed. 107 goals for, which is a, a blistering pace, to just 81 against. And again, I mean, for, for people that have followed the Avs now for the last number of years, you know that those numbers are usually flipped, and the Avs are, are you have, for the last few years, I, I don't want to say usually, but for the last few years have always hovered in that negative to, you know, right around single-digit positive. And so the fact that they are, some people disagree with me here. I think goal differential is, is a really, really good way to, to judge just how good a team actually is. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a way to tell, hey, are they for real? Are they not? You look at a team like Buffalo, for example. Now, Buffalo has been a great story to start this season, and it's it's good to see them turning around. That's It's a great fan base up, up in Buffalo, and they deserve some good hockey. There's some good pieces there. There's some good players. But, you know, this is a team that on that 10-game winning streak 
Of the 10 wins, seven of them were by one goal. I believe it was four of them required third period comebacks. And I don't remember, it was another really high percentage number that required overtime. So, you know, you're just barely eking out these wins. And, and when you're, you know, it's great to win one goal games. It's great to win close games. It's great to be coming back. But that is all stuff that, that isn't sustainable long term. You're not going to come back every night. You're not going to eke out those one goal wins. When you're winning by one goal, you're playing with a lot of fire. And, and, and you know, if your goalie gets cold or, or if, you know, you have an injury, one small thing is, is a huge tip in the scales when you're just looking at one goal, you know, just, just one goal games for the majority of your wins. So you look at Buffalo, like we said, they have 17, 7, and 5. Buffalo, 17, 8, and 4. Here's the difference. Buffalo is a plus 7 in the goal differential category. They've only scored 89 goals. So they're, you know, while Jeff Skinner is, you know, off to an incredible start, they're not lighting the league up. And and the slightest dip in in offensive production, you could see that go completely sideways. So again, some people agree with me, some people don't. You know, you look at Anaheim, the Pacific's a bad example because that's such a trash division. You know, Anaheim is sitting in second place in the in the Pacific Division with 35 points. They're minus 11. Uh, you know, that, that's a team that's they're, they're they're getting blown out in the games that they're that they're not winning. They're giving up a lot of goals, and, and the games they are winning, they're winning by small margins. So, you know, I, I really do. I think goal differential is a a a good stat to look at, and and the Avs are in great shape. That means despite what everyone has said about, oh, this is such a one-dimensional team. If, if the top line goes dry, then they're done. They're, they're getting insane production right now. The, the Avs have scored more goals than anyone else in the Western Conference, and they currently sit in second in goals for uh, in, in the entire NHL. And one of the teams that's ahead of them, uh, you know, Toronto loaded up, or excuse me, not ahead of them. Uh, you know, Toronto's the one team that's behind them. Obviously loaded up with offensive weapons. Everyone's talking about them. And, and the one team that is ahead of them, Tampa Bay Lightning, who the Avs will see tomorrow. So it, it, it'll be a, a really good matchup. Tampa Bay is feasting on teams at home right now. They're at 12-4 and four in Tampa Bay. So let's take a look now at the home and road splits now that I mentioned that for the Lightning. So Avs are in great shape and goal differential. In my opinion, there's going to be people who disagree with me, but goal differential is a, is a really good, just kind of quick snapshot to get a, a good idea of, of how your team's playing, so on and so forth. The biggest improvement for the Avs by far this year, the Avs had 15 road wins all of last season. 15 road wins in 41 games. The Avs right now sit at 11-5-2 on the road. One of the reasons, and I've said this before on this podcast, I truly, truly believe Nathan McKinnon didn't win the MVP last year was because his home and road splits weren't great. The Avs were just unstoppable at Pepsi Center last year. When they'd take the show on the road, it just wasn't there for him. The, the, nothing, nothing worked. You know, I'm not going to sit here and list the things out. Nothing really went well for them last year on the road. When you're only getting 15 wins away from home, 
you're going to struggle to be a playoff team. The Avs eked in last year because they were so good at home. But, you know, that, that being able to play on the road, not only is it going to help you get to the playoffs, that's huge in the playoffs. You know, the Avs last year obviously didn't have home ice advantage. So they were going to play. They were the 16th seeded team in the playoffs. Every single round the Avs would have gone to last year had they made it past the Predators. They would have had to play the majority of their games on the road. And that was a real area of concern. This year, the Avs have really, really cleaned that up. 11-5-2 on the road. They have played more games on the road by a long shot than they have at home by, I believe it's the second week of January. Again, we mentioned this on the podcast last night. The Avs will have played 28 of their 41 games on the road. So that means between uh, the second week of the, the, excuse me, the second half of January, all of February, all of March, and that first week of April, the Avs will only have to play 13 road games. So it's it's setting them up as long as they can they can continue what they did last year and, and what they've been off to a good start with this year in the in the few home games that they've had. As long as they can keep that up and they can continue to feed off that Pepsi Center crowd, the Avs are really positioning themselves great, absolutely great to have a a really strong second half of the season and and really bank those points at home. And again, why are the Avs so good at home? Well, you're getting the matchups. Home teams get second change. What that means for people that don't know, Jared Bednar, when the Avs are playing at Pepsi Center, gets to see who... Uh, you know, the other team rolls out, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's the National Predators, in any of the other 30 teams, he gets to see who they roll out before he can, before he has to make his decision. So he can get the matchups he wants. He can get Nathan McKinnon out there in, in, in favorable situations. And when the other team has their top line going, he can get who he wants, whether that be a shutdown liner, if he wants to match, you know, skill for skill, power for power, he can do that. So, the abs, obviously, with that top line being as dangerous as it is, that's going to do nothing but benefit the avalanche coming down the stretch. So as long as they can keep banking these points on the road early on, you know, again, they're, they're in Tampa Bay tomorrow and they come home quickly next week before they head back out on the road. Just keep it going. More of the same. The Avs are, are one of the best teams on the road right now. They are tied with the Toronto Maple Leafs for the most road wins in the NHL. Toronto is 11-3 on the road. Colorado 11-5-2. So four more games played away from home. Uh, the Avs versus the, the Maple Leafs. But again, as long as they're winning those games, you're in great shape. You're in, you're in great shape. Now, I'm sure some of you are sitting here going, oh, is this just a chance for Jesse to be a bit of a homer and talk about how great the Avs are? No. What I'm trying to do here is, you know, you you think back to 2013-2014 when the Avs were winning all kinds of games and comebacks and and pull the goalie, tie it up. It was one of those things where even without looking at the fancy stats and the advanced statistics, everyone kind of knew this doesn't seem sustainable. I don't think they can keep having these come from behind miraculous wins and as it turns out everybody was absolutely right so my the point of, of doing this and just kind of running through some of the basic stats i'm not going to get into you know Corsi for Corsi against right now we, you know we can do that on a later show i just kind of want to give you a quick snapshot versus the rest of the league you know they have set fourth in the nhl right now 
And by all accounts, this is not a fluke. This is this is a legitimate top 10 team in the NHL right now that you know, your top line hasn't been going like crazy the last week. And the Avs are still finding ways to win. You know, you're expecting that that top line. They're not going to keep that pace up all year. NHL Network had a graphic today. Miko Rantanen's on pace for a 130-point season. It's not going to happen. If that does happen, I'll, I'll be happy to, to wear that and have everyone tell me I'm an idiot, but it's not going to happen. So you know that that pace is going to slow a little bit. So you want to look across the board. All right, well, hey, your top line hasn't been going. Everyone said, well, once the top line's not going at this pace, they're going to fall way off. That's just not, this just hasn't been the case, folks. And again, when you, when you look at where the ads are with pretty much every single metric across the board, relative to the rest of the league, everything says this avalanche team is legit. And where it's even more exciting is this Avalanche team is legit, and you look across the Central to Winnipeg, who everyone pretty much says them and Nashville are the cream of the crop right now for the Central. A lot of those key pieces for Winnipeg are, you know, Blake Wheeler's in his mid-30s. He's absolutely going off this year. You know, Mark Shifley, a little bit older, (laughs) not old at all, but, you know, the Avs have so many kids that are, just in their first or their second year in the league, there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more growth. Winnipeg, a lot of your guys, you know what they are. Yes, Kyle Connor's a great piece. Patrick Line's still growing. Patrick Line, I'm a little bit skeptical on. Personally, when you're outscoring your assists by that much, I'm sorry, that's a little bit to be concerned about. Obviously, the goals are great. And if Patrick Line is going to bang home 60 goals every year, no one's going to be complaining about his five assists. That's a bit of a one-dimensional player, if you ask me. That's, uh, that's a topic for another podcast. It's, it's going really well for the abs right now, you guys. That's the point I'm trying to make here. This isn't an anomaly. Through 29 games, the abs are, the abs are a legit contender. It's going to take something seriously derailing this team, injuries, multiple injuries at that, for, for them to miss the playoffs. The Avs are a legitimate playoff team this year. And they're really putting themselves in a good position to be a top team for many, many years to come because they're showing they can, they can do it. And they can do it now. And then you're going to start adding some of these pieces that we're going to talk about here coming up after this break. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only 39 bucks a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. 
try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back in segment number two here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. Jesse Montano here. Now I've got to admit that I was wrong. I mean, literally, almost immediately, I've got to admit I was wrong. I was making a mention that, that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are maybe a little bit of an older team. <clears throat> As it turns out, the Winnipeg Jets are actually the youngest team in the NHL. My point was, you know, when you, when you look at the rosters, who are your key guys? Who are, who's driving the bus? And for the Avs, that core is, is, is a lot younger and, and on the front end and on the back end. So I wanted to eat, uh, eat, a, eat a little bit of crow here, but you know, you, you do. You look, at, you look at Winnipeg, Blake Wheeler, a little bit older. Mark Scheifele, a little bit older. Brian Little, a little bit older. Patrick Laine, obviously the young one. But, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, he's not, he's not a rookie anymore. You know, he's... He's, you know, he's a few years into his career. Dustin Bufflin, much older guy. Uh, Tyler Myers getting a little, you know, by no means is someone who was born in 1990 old. But in terms of the NHL, you know, that is. You're, you're, you're up there a little bit. You're 28. You're a 28-year-old defenseman. Uh, Jacob Truba, you know, he's, he's fairly settled into this league now. That's the point I was making. Collectively... Technically, yes, the Winnipeg Jets are younger, but you got to look at who's driving that bus there. The Avs' core is going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit younger. A lot more guys just coming to the league, just finding themselves than, you know, a Winnipeg Jet team or a Nashville Predator team. So that's what I meant. So I'm sure I said that and, and someone probably said, oh, what an idiot. The Winnipeg Jets are the youngest team in the NHL. While that is true, talking about that core, not necessarily the fringe pieces. All right. Speaking of youth, Colorado Avalanche have some great prospects, guys. This is not only are the Avs roster players, I was trying to think of the best way to put that. The Avs, you know, the guys that they're rolling out every single night, not only are they young, not only are they off to, you know, great starts in their career, 
Well, you look down at, at, again, what they've got coming up, what they've got coming through, and, and there are some kids that are, you know, whether they were drafted this year or in the last couple of years, man, oh, man, they're off to a great start. And, and it's, it's making you excited about what's coming next. What are we going to add on to this? You know, again, a lot of the talk is – what are the Avs going to do about secondary scoring? They need to go out and they need to make a trade. They need to go out and sign someone in free agency. But in a salary cap era, you look at Toronto, who almost lost a, a really good player just because they couldn't help themselves. And everyone said, oh, you've got to go out. You've got to get better. you got to do this. you got to add that. And they went out and, you know, they, they shelled out a ton of money and, and it ended up working out for now. You're going to have to deal with Mitch Marner and, and Austin Matthews next year. But in the salary cap era, you've, you've got to be able to develop internally. And that has been one huge point of frustration for the abs in, in recent years is they get these players into their system and nothing ever really comes out of it. But that maybe isn't the case anymore. As abs prospects are... are, are off to just about, I mean, they're, they're top flight prospects, obviously not every single one, but, but the guys who you're really keeping an eye on are off to a fantastic start and really giving you a lot of hope. So let's, let's go ahead and dive in here. We're going to talk about kids that aren't playing directly for the organization right now. So NCAA, uh, you know, uh, major junior and, and a couple of the Euro guys, and we're just going to kind of take a look. How are they doing? How are they performing to start the season? And, and maybe what we can expect out of them. Just going to be a quick snapshot on, on different guys. Nick Henry, let's start here. Was of the Regina Pats when the season started. Now playing with the Lethbridge Hurricanes in the Western Hockey League. Now this is a kid here who last summer had off-season shoulder surgery. He came to rookie camp, had off-season shoulder surgery uh, right after that. So he missed a big chunk of the start of of his major junior season. And when he came back, just never really looked like the same player that the Avs really, really liked and and used a fourth-round pick on. So you, you got a little bit worried again. He was coming off of an 81-point season when the Avs drafted him, drafted him, 81 points in 72 games. Well, he went out last year, and he you know he missed the first 19-ish, 20-ish games, and he finished the season with 29 points in 53 games. So obviously a huge drop-off. Yes, fewer games played, but, but still, kind of that correlation to points per game just wasn't there. Well... He comes out this year fully healthy. We were able to talk to him uh, at, at training camp and at rookie camp, and, and he said he felt like a new person. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's what everyone's going to say. He had a good summer, and, and you're feeling better. You're feeling back to 100%. Well, he has come flying out of the gates, 40 points in 25 games with the Regina Pats before being moved to the Lethbridge Hurricanes. He's got a pair of assists in his uh, in his first four games with the Hurricanes. This is exactly the kind of bounce back you wanted to see out of this kid. Off to, you know, he's on pace to shatter his, his WHL career high right now. And 
this is a kid that you could see making the jump to the AHL next year and, and really starting to make the transition to pro hockey. The Avs used a fourth-round pick on him. We were really high on him before last year. You kind of pull back a little bit after the season he has coming off injury. But man, oh man, he is putting all doubts to rest right now. Really good stuff out of Nick Henry. A right winger who who can score. He's you know five eleven, so he's not a, he's not a big guy, but great work ethic, ethic, great work ethic, and and uh, really high hockey IQ for Dick Henry. Exactly what the Abs organization needs. So that's a guy that off to a great start. Exactly what the Abs needed from him. Let's take a look into the NCAA. We'll kind of jump around here, and this is one guy that. AJ and I were really high on at the draft, and it's been a really unfortunate start to the season for him. Tyler Weiss at the University of Nebraska, Omaha, in the last preseason game of the preseason. Uh, He did sustain an injury, so he just started getting into games a couple weeks ago. Only four games played for Tyler Weiss. Really high skill. I like this kid a lot. We weren't expecting him to come out of college after one year anyways. So again, it sucks that he had to miss you know, a, a big chunk to start the season. But this is a kid who's going to have a few years in the NCAA. It's all right. He can develop slowly. I like this kid a lot as a, as a dark horse to, to end up being an impact player for the Avs down the road. Tyler Weiss is a kid to keep an eye on University of Nebraska, Omaha, now that he's back in the lineup. Back to Major Junior, the Ontario Hockey League this time. Brandon Sajan coming out of rookie camp and training camp. This was one kid that everyone said, hey, if there's one guy out here that has earned an entry-level deal to get in with the Eagles, it's been Brandon Sajan. He's done everything the Avs have asked of him, and he's done them all well. Alan Heppel told us after the draft that this was a kid they were looking at as, as a ceiling, as a, a 3C in the NHL. So again, this he's not going to come in and light the world on fire in the NHL, but he can be a, a, you know, a, a little bit of a poor man's Carl Soderberg is kind of how they're looking at him. Well, they sent him back. Again, everyone was surprised. No one thought they should have. And he is proving just why no one thought they should have. 48 points in his first 29 games for Brandon Sajan, just lighting the OHL on fire right now. Really good start for him. There should be no doubt after this season, hey, he's, you know, uh, well, and, and this is his last year of eligibility, so maybe that was just it. Hey, maybe the F said we got a little bit of a log jam in the AHL. We'll let this, in the AHL, we'll let this kid play out his last year and, and, and beat up on kids for one more season. And that's exactly what he's doing. So Brandon Sajan off to a really good start for the Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL. Back to the NCAA. Cam Morrison. Uh, This is a kid that, uh, kind of a forgotten prospect for the Avs. Left wing playing at the University of Notre Dame. Four goals, five assists through the team's first 12 games. The Avs really need this, really need Cam Morrison to turn into something. I guess I shouldn't say they need him to, but this is a guy... You used a second-round pick on him in 2016. You took Cam Morrison, 40th overall. Good size, really good size. Plays strong, plays heavy. Again, really high hockey IQ kid. 
Nine goals in his first 12 games. He's off to a good start. You want to see that keep going. You want to see those numbers keep up. You'd like to see him get to a point per game uh, at the University of Notre Dame. But this is a kid you need to keep an eye on. Again, a lot of the times kind of a forgotten prospect for the Avs. Cam Morrison. The Avs need... the Ab, You can't miss on a second-round pick. First round... Missing on a first-round pick sets you back five years is kind of the saying. You can't miss on second-round picks either, especially a, a kid you took near the top of the second round. 40th overall. Cam Morrison, off to an okay start. You want to see that a little bit better. Sampo Ranta, a kid that was drafted this past year for the Avs in the fourth round. Finnish kid, had originally committed to the University of Wisconsin to go play hockey there. I don't... I never heard the official story. The, the rumor was he wasn't able to get in because of his grades. So, decommitted from Wisconsin and is now playing at the University of Minnesota for the Golden Gophers. Now, this is a kid of insanely high skill. Great hands, good shooter, good skater. Hockey IQ is a bit of a question. Somewhat of a, a lesser nail Yakupov, if you will. Uh, again, you, you, this is a kid that it's dangerous to go YouTubing on, on Sample Ranta. The, the, the skill is off the charts, but he's got to clean up that mental side of the game, that hockey IQ side. College, I, I we really do. I, I think it's going to be the best route for him. It's going to give him the best chance to do just that. And he's off to a he's off to a good start. Not great, not show stopping. Three goals, three assists in the team's first thirteen games. He was just uh, invited to the Finnish World Junior Championship camp. So hopefully he can get him on the ice there with some of the best kids in his age group in the world, and and we'll see what kind of progress he is making. One, uh, two more guys here out of college, and we'll take a break. Shane Bowers. Now, again, this is a guy that the Avs are, are really, really banking on panning out. Uh, part of the Matt Shane trade, this is another big piece. I don't, it's obviously not as big as the, the outstanding draft pick that we don't know where it's going to end up, how it's going to end up, who it's going to be. But this is another kid, as good as the trade looks now, if Shane Bowers can come in and be a legitimate three, two to three C, middle six guy for the Avs long term, that's just another feather in the cap of that Matt Duchesne trade. Shane Bowers centered Brady Kachuk last year and I thought was the better player, had more goals. Um Real, great year for Shane Bowers last year. Really gets you excited. 32 points in 40 games in his freshman year in Boston. This year, the entire Boston program has taken a big step back. They're, they really aren't a college powerhouse this year. And so you, with that, you expect everyone's production is going to drop off a little bit. The three goals and pair of assists Shane Bowers has in the team's first 13 games make me a little bit nervous. Not much. I still really like this kid. I still think this is a kid that that you should see in the American Hockey League starting next year, possibly even the end of this year. But you want to see him ramp it up here to, you know, on the back half of of the NCAA season. You want to see him just get that traction going and and really come into the American Hockey League, come into pro hockey uh, on on the right foot. 
So Shane Bowers is definitely a kid to keep an eye on at Boston University. I expect that 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 the the point production, the goal scoring is going to pick up for him. But again, he's kind of carrying a you know a, a not very good Boston University team right now. Here's the one that that everybody's talking about, that everyone's looking at. You know who it is? Kale McCarr playing at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Now, I am going to take this opportunity to officially admit that I was way, way, way wrong for like the fourth or fifth time on this podcast. The Avs selected Kale McCarr in 2017, fourth overall. He was he had already committed to, to UMass Amherst. And so everyone was saying, ah, that's kind of a bummer, bad program. Good coach coming in, but not a great program. Not going to be great for his development to go get beat up in Hockey East all year. They they were okay uh, last season. And, and Kale McCarr, again, had an okay freshman year. We all expected him to, to leave UMass after one year and join the Avalanche. He decided not to. I was very, very critical of that decision. I said, why are you going to go back to such a bad program and do the same thing again for a not very good team? I talked to him over the summer at rookie camp, and he said, hey, look, I looked in the mirror and I said, that year wasn't good enough for me. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to take the step into the NHL. And I thought that was an incredibly mature assessment of himself. And I said, all right, well, let's see. You didn't think you were good enough? Go prove that, that you're making steps and you're not just afraid to take that next step. You know, I thought it was a mature assessment, but I was skeptical that maybe it was just a cop out. So I said, let's, let's see it. Let's, let's give the kid a chance to prove himself before we, you know, absolutely beat him up. And my goodness, what a start for Kale McCarr this year. 21 points in 34 games last year, five goals, 16 helpers, all of last season for Amherst. This year, in the team's first 13 games, six goals, 12 assists for 18 points for Kale McCarr, and he has carried them. They are now the number one ranked team in college hockey. This is a program that everyone said, what is a blue chip prospect doing going to this school? He had offers from all over the place. Why did he stick with UMass UMass Amherst? He has carried them to the top of the rankings for college hockey. And honestly, if for some reason Kale McCarr were to listen to the show, I apologize. Unbelievable work by this kid. He he is clearly put in the effort. He has clearly shown that, hey, I wasn't good enough last year. I'm going to be good enough this year. And, and he's just willing himself in that team to the top of every statistical category possible. This is the kid that that you can't wait for. As exciting as everything is right now for the Avs, as well as they're playing. As we talked about in that first segment, it looks like they're for real team. You've still got this on the way. You've got this on the way. You've got the Ottawa pick on the way. You've got, you know, again, Shane Bowers on the way. All of these kids we talked about, in my opinion, are guys that could be legitimate NHLers in the next two to four years. Lots of exciting things coming on top of an already 
really growing and emerging roster. Let's take one more quick break here. When we come back, we are going to look at the AHL where there is some good hockey being played as well. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by... When I have a nap. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, the only subscription service that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I am your host, Jesse Montano, here by myself today talking the state of the Az organization. Kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're doing. We talked about where the Avs sit in the standings, how they're stacking up to other teams, relative to metrics more than just simple points. We're talking Avs prospects and, and how they look in, in the CHL, which is major junior, how they're looking in college. Well, now we're going to look up the road to Loveland. This is a team we haven't, uh, we haven't talked much about this year, but they've got some guys who are off to a good start. They're off to a good start much better than they ever were in San Antonio as the Rampage. Again, just top to bottom across this organization, really good things, young, really coming together, a lot to be excited about, not just from the Avalanche standpoint, but but top to bottom, prospects not playing the organization uh, as well as, as the team's AHL affiliate. A lot to really be excited about. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Again, the guys who we're familiar with and the guys who, who are relevant to the Avs because there, you know, there are some filler guys playing down in, in the AHL who, you know, David, you're, you're David Warsofsky's of the world. Great player, you know, they, good player. You know, they've, they've been pro hockey players for a long time. David Warsofsky spent some time with the Avs last year, but he's not a part of the long-term future is what I mean. No offense to David Orsovsky. But let's start at the top. A.J. Greer. What a start for this kid. 19 points in, in the Eagles' first 18 games, and, and he has had you know, nothing but amazing things to say about, about the team up in Loveland and, and the, that fan base and, and that community. I mean, he really seems to be fitting in. This is a kid I would love to see get a couple more reps with the Avs. He's been called up a couple times. One of the times he never even, I actually don't even know if he's gotten into any games this year. I'm sitting here trying to think through the first 29. Uh, he did. He, he's been in one game for the Avs this year. He's, he's had a couple separate call-ups, but really hasn't gotten much of a shot. 
I was talking with a buddy the other day who, who was saying, you know, I want to see them give, why won't Jared Bednar give A.J. Greer a shot? Here's the answer. I don't know. Uh, to me, this is a kid who could make a difference on that fourth line in place of a, of a Gabriel Bork. And here's the issue, though. A.J. Greer has, has been around for a couple years now. And, and he's gotten multiple call-ups, and he just hadn't, hasn't ever really done anything. And, and what's so frustrating about that is if you watch this kid play in the American Hockey League, he plays with skill, he plays with speed, as well as, as the physicality and the, and the aggression that we've seen at the NHL level. But for some reason, when he gets his call-ups, he leaves all that offense behind. He's talked about knowing the fact that he needs to that he needs to fix it, that he needs to get it turned around when he or not turned around, but he, he needs to tra- have that translate better to the NHL level. And he hasn't had a chance to do it this year. You hope that if, if he keeps kind of going on this pace, he's gonna force the Avs hand to, to take a look at him. In my opinion, you know, this is a guy who they want playing. Now, if that's the argument you're going to make as to why you don't call him up when it's one injury, uh, okay. I mean, I guess. I, I guess. But this is a kid that I think you should be making a special call-up for. And, and you should be putting him in the lineup. Big A.J. Greer fan. I, I love his game in the AHL. I would love to see him transition it to, to the NHL. Uh, AJ Greer is definitely a guy I, I haven't quite given up on. Highly touted prospect for the last couple of years, just hasn't ever taken that step. Looks like he might be taking it this year. Good stuff out of AJ Greer to start the season. Martin Kaut, uh, adjusting to the North American game for sure. You saw that through the first handful of games. Really looks like he's starting to figure it out now. Smaller ice, just played it in a completely different way. I was talking with AJ last night while we were watching the Avs game. You know, we're just talking about different things. I said, it's funny. Uh, You know, you you just, you look at that European style of play versus what's played here in North America. And yes, it's both hockey. and, And yes, on an individual level, the skills are, you know, they transfer right over. But the way the game is played is completely different. The, again, my, my fav, one of my favorite stories is Evgeny uh, um, Kuznetsov. I was, I was reading Kosmachuk here. Evgeny Kuznetsov, when he first came from Russia to start playing in the NHL, he said he tells a story of it was one of his first shifts and the team was going up the ice on, on a rush and, and someone dumped the puck in. He'd never seen anyone dump the puck in. The European game is just played in a different style, and it's a lot more possession, and it's a lot more individual skill. And so he was saying, well, why would we just give up possession of the puck and hope to go get it? So again, it does. There is a transition. Not only the size of the ice, which means you have less time, which means you have, you know, just that half second you don't have anymore. Uh, it's it's stylistically played different as well. So Martin Kaut looks like he's settling in uh, four goals and 11 points in, in the team's first 21 games. That's exactly what you want to see from Martin Kaut right now. And I expect that that, that point-per-game number, which is right now sitting at 
just just north of half a point per game. I imagine you're going to see that start to climb as the season goes on. My guy right here, this is is one of my favorite players in the Avs organization, Ty Lewis. Uh, huge breakout year last year, his final year in Major Junior. And again, stepping into pro hockey this year, it's taking him a little bit to figure it out. A little bit slower than I thought it would be, personally. He was a dark horse of mine to make the Avs roster out of camp. He didn't, but again, I like what I'm seeing out of Ty Lewis. As far as the progression goes, this is a kid who has gotten better every single year he has played hockey. You look at, at, at where he's projecting right now, I really like what I'm seeing out of Ty Lewis. I think you probably give him this year and probably one more. You start him next year in the AHL, then after that, I think he's a real contender to be a, a full-time guy on the NHL roster. I, I like Ty Lewis a lot. He's off to a, a good start, not a great start, not a blistering start, a, a good start with the Eagles. Really optimistic about this kid being a, a legitimate contributor long-term for the Avs uh, in, in the NHL. Really, really exciting prospect here that plays on the wing for the Avs. Here's a guy, I, <laughs> Mason Geertsen is off to just a, a fantastic start. In the AHL, this is a kid that is really going to have to earn every last thing he gets in the NHL if he gets to the NHL. He, unfortunately, really good defenseman. He might fall victim to a numbers game. You look at what you project the Avs decor to be over the next few years, and they're just isn't room for the number of good defensemen the Avs have in their, uh, in their, or in their organization. Holy smokes. How many chances were I going to, I can't speak right now. Collect myself. Hold on. Three, two, one. All right. I think I can talk again. There's just a lot of good defensemen in the Avs organization right now. Again, it's been a long time since we've said that. You've got everyone who's there right now. You've got Johnson. You've got Barry. Both those guys, you don't know what the long-term future is going to be. You've got Sam Girard. You've got Nikita Zadorov. You've got Ian Cole for a couple more years, who is a legitimate top four NHL defenseman. Regardless of what I say about him, what other people say about him, what how you feel about his contract, that's a legitimate top four defenseman in the NHL. You've got Mark Barbera, who's a legitimate bottom pairing guy. You've got Patrick Nemeth for this season. So I, you know, I guess I'm not really going to include him. But you know, you've got Connor Timmins, who you still have hope for. You've got Kale McCarr, who we talked about in that last segment. And, and you've got Nick Malosh, who's also playing in the AHL. So there's just a lot of really good defensemen. As great as Mason Geertsen has been this year, who I think deserves a call-up somewhere along the line, I just don't know if there's, if there's room for him long-term. And that's just a product of the Avs having such a good decor in this organization right now. I don't know if there's room for another solid defenseman. But big shout-out to Mason Geertsen having a, a, a really good year for himself in the AHL. Nick Malosh, who I just mentioned, another one. He, he played a good amount of time in the ECHL last year, kind of bounced back and forth between there and the AHL. The second half of his year was great for the San Antonio Rampage in the American Hockey League last season, and he was part of the uh, the Colorado Eagles Kelly Cup run as well. This is a kid that I think could have a, a long-term future and, you know, in a bottom-pairing role for the Avs. 
you know, can, can slide into the top four barring injuries here and there. Really like Nick Malosh. He's off to a much better start than last year. But again, you want to see that, that ramp up a little bit. This is another kid that I could see getting a call up here and there uh, throughout the season. I, I imagine Avs fans will get an up-close and personal look at him once or twice this season. A couple more guys we want to touch on really fast before we jump out of here. Igor, I'm still not, I'm still not confident pronouncing this last name. Shivrev, Shidiev, um, there, I, I've heard 10 different pronunciations of it. We'll just go with Igor. Really high skill kid uh, that came over from the KHL last year. Not a lot of people thought he would. Again, adjusting very much so to the North American game. Insanely high skill. But it looks like it's taken him... The, the, the adjustment's been harder than I thought it would be. I'll be completely honest. This is a kid I've been really high on since the Avs drafted him. Um, the, the, the transition's been tough for him. I think he'll probably need you know, another year in the AHL, but you know, he seems to, to be enjoying his time here, which is not something you know, that we've said for players in the past. <clears throat> I'm not going to name any names. But everyone knows who I'm talking about. I like this kid a lot still. I, I think this is a guy that, that has the potential to be an NHLer in the future. Definitely not there yet. Keep an eye on, on number 43 up for the Eagles. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot long term. Taking him a while to get adjusted here. Last, uh, last guy that, that we want to touch on that, that is playing... And just because Avs fans are familiar with him, Anton Lindholm, you know, going into camp last season, I thought this was a guy that was a lock for the roster for the Avs. I really liked him. I was really optimistic. I said, man, oh man, the Avs may have found someone in the middle rounds here, and it just hasn't really worked out. Everything's kind of gone the other way. He's struggled with injuries. Anton Lindholm off to a, a not very great start up with the Eagles. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if... If he's heading back to Sweden after this, I thought he was heading back to Sweden at the start of the season, uh, started the year with the Eagles, has had a couple injury problems, and uh, yeah, again, just not a great start. A kid that that I had really high hopes for at one point just isn't panning out. Connor Timmons is skating again, and and once he gets going, the the organization's optimistic that he could be seeing game action by New Year's. Once he's going again, it will be up with the Eagles. So, hey, we're getting progress. There was at least an update uh, for, for the Avs, or from the Avs, rather, on, on Connor Timmons. He's skating again and uh, optimistic that he should be up and running by New Year's. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the day. I'm sure you're tired of listening to me rambling. I'm sure there was a lot of just rambling. Uh, you know, this kind of stuff, once I start talking, it just kind of all flows out and... Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys have a great weekend. The Avs are back in action tomorrow at Tampa Bay. We will have all the coverage for you at bsndenver.com, and we will have a, uh, a podcast discussing it on Monday. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great weekend.